everyone, this is Brian Wampler with another episode of the Chasing Tone Podcast, the podcast where we talk about guitars and amps and effects, as well as some off-topic discussion. So today's episode is quite a bit different. I did an interview with a great YouTube channel called PJ and the Beard. They did an interview with me uh, last week, I believe. So first of all, make sure you go check that out if you want to see us on a screen talking or if you'd rather watch a YouTube channel or even some of the other interviews they have, which is uh, they have one with Rick Matthews, I see, uh, one with Josh Scott, and one from Dave from uh, DLS Effects. So, and others, just as that's the first ones I see, but they have a ton of great video content on there. But anyways, I thought this would be a great podcast for today. They had, uh, had some interesting questions I hadn't been asked before, and we had some really good conversations. So with that said, let's jump into it. This is from that interview. And so I always would like to start these kind of how we know about your company. So there's two pedals really that we've got to play with a little bit. And the first is the tape echo the tape echo okay with the side mount jacks right so the new ones have top mounted top mount yep which is nice and then the other pedal that our other introduction would be this one right here the toroform gotcha yeah <laughs> so what happened is we we came up with this idea to put together a series called that leslie sound and we you know like th this weird idea that we could get our hands on every pebble that makes that Leslie sound. And, that, does, that does sound like a lot of fun. Right. And, and so we've gotten a lot of them. I think like 20, I think we're up to like 23 or so that we're recording for that series. Um, and right about the time we started doing that, you put this out and I reached out to you guys and you helped me out getting one of these in here. Um, and so we have recorded a video on just the Leslie aspect of this, which is really Sounds great. Well, thank you. And then we did a video on because there's so many videos out there. We try to like, well, what can we focus on that maybe hasn't been focused on as much? And so we got in like the pre-post thing and got into um, uh, this, recorded some of it in stereo and that that kind of stuff. The pre-post gotcha. is brilliant. Oh, thank you. We yeah. we, we uh, that idea was stolen, but <laughs> I can't take credit for that. As every great <laughs> idea is. <laughs> So we, we thought we would, yeah. So we thought we would start with this, and yeah. I think our question, like our, so looking at your pedals, man, you sure. compression, some delay, some reverb, some you know, uh, boost, overdrive, fuzz. This is like your first foray into modulation, right? Sorta. I mean. We, we have had modulation pedals before. Like we had the Nirvana Chorus, which is a terrible name, by the way. Um, <laughs> that was maybe 2010 or 11, somewhere near there. So it's been a while back. It didn't do very well, probably because it was ugly. <laughs> and it had a terrible name. And it was in a big box, so that didn't do very well. Uh, we had Latitude. Probably um, worth a lot of money right now. <laughs> Pro probably on eBay. It's like a thousand dollars or something stupid. Yeah. Um, and then we had the latitude with the tremolo and that's, I think the only production stuff oh, yeah, I can lot, remember. That was, yeah. Okay. I was yeah, that, was, that was just regular tremolo. Yeah. And, but I mean, you know, like I've built phasers for people and stuff before, but never put them in, into production. But I mean, this seems like a huge, like, this is a huge undertaking. It was right, gigantic. so if you're going to do it, yeah. let's do all of them. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it was 
the thing is going into designing that it literally was like designing 11 different pedals which is why it took us like 18 months (laughs) so so i mean and that was something that i didn't really anticipate is that it was going to take that long to really you know absolutely nail each each independent sound and it it just took that long to get it right Uh, i mean we showed it at nam a year ago about this time that's the first time we showed it and it just wasn't ready like the the out the algorithm algorithms that's a terrible name the different effects in it were were um were different than what you see now so like i think that version had like three or four different choruses and a couple different flangers and like it just i don't even think it had the rotary if i remember right so it just it just wasn't as good as it could be and you know after that name, like I, I was listening to some feedback of, and that's why I love listening to the feedback from people. And we took that feedback and said, you know what, let's just, let's make this according to what everyone is telling us they want out of a pedal. And that's how we arrived at the one, at the uh, sounds that you see on the Terraform. Right. And I mean, the form factor of it for that much, for that many different effects. So it was 11, 11 different ones. Yep. So we have 11 effects in it all modulation effects. And then again, just to hold it up for anybody that's not familiar. Right. And when I picked up your tape echo, I was kind of doing this thing, right? Like, you know, it's It's the same size, right? It's the same size. I mean, it's, it's, it looks bigger because there's a lot of the knobs are small and there's a lot of stuff on it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah, it's a smaller pedal. Right. When I first saw pictures of it, I thought it was going to be, much bigger and then when yeah. you get it in your hand you're like wow there's nothing to that <laughs> so you know it, it, an interesting kind of thing that I've been wondering and I don't know how much you'll speak about it but <laughs> the form factor is so nice what other not are you but more what other effects could maybe <laughs> you like, like- do that that's yeah, like, that. <laughs> uh, you know, so I'm not comparing myself to this person at all. Okay. So don't, I know someone's going to be like, I can't believe you even said that. Oh we said we want to start so, some drama. Here it comes. Yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of like asking Elon Musk what cars he's working on or what, you oh, know, what yeah. these spaceships, I mean, Why will they be doing? <laughs> will they be powered by electricity? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so in all seriousness, I mean, there are, there's several different, uh, I call them terraform style effects that we're doing. Um, I, unfortunately, I really can't tell you what That's we're right. doing yet, but right. I will say that they're pretty cool. Well, okay. I guess <laughs> that's, that's, about, that's about it. That's a better, but that's the answer, right? Like, it's fun. I mean, it's fun stuff. Open doors to other stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because there's, there has to be some research and some, tons. you, you know, you, you yeah. spent a ton of time figuring out how to do the post and pre circuit probably how to and for people that haven't played with the terraform yet like the the user interface and this is something that pat and i love is that you know being kind of old school like we don't do the helix thing and let's deep dive into menus and programming and all that like the user interface on it's really intuitive it's like using a pedal you know (laughs) it's not like i got a usb plug it into my computer and and dive into whatever, MIDI coding or something. Right. Um, so 
that I guess that was kind of uh, kind of my question is like is is that technology that you learn from doing this could be applied in the future to other things? It, yeah, it absolutely can. Um, you, know, you know, at the end of the day, like with an effect like that, I'm always thinking, what what is something that could all go in one box that is sort of related, and that a person may want to switch back and forth to? You know, I mean, so so that could really like the the, the obvious low hanging fruit is okay. Well, delay and reverb. You know, like you got you got to have something like that in there. Right. Um, and that's not super popular yet to have a, a, a well, I mean, delay and reverb are in the same pedal, but maybe with the functionality that this has and the different, you know, like being able to go between like a tape and a digital and a shimmer verb and a, you know, right. It's not, there, there's some out there. I mean, there's a couple that popped to mind, but right. Yeah. So it's, so I mean, and I say that because it's not, like you said, it's not unheard of. I mean, it's been done before. So it's not like reinventing the wheel, but. Uh, we've never done it before, you know, so I think that'd be a fun thing to do. Just kind of putting our spin on something like that. Um, you know, and then from that, I mean, I can't, I can't go too, too far, obviously, but there are other things that we're working on that, you know, incorporates that multifunction, um, you know, style of pedal. Right. Very cool. Um, well, let's, let's take that to, the next thing, and it, I'm going to pop up on the screen just real quick. So this is your website, and if somebody would like to go visit that, I'll put the address for the website down here in the bottom. And we've done a couple of these interviews and gone through. We One of the things we've asked the people that we're interviewing is let's, let's go through some of the other pedals you do. And so I'm just going to say right off the bat, if I click on products and hit all, you have a massive – we got a couple of toys in there. You're right. Right. So I'm not, we talked a little bit about this before we hit record. Uh, and I'm still not 100% sure how to maybe ask you to kind of just give us some kind of, I don't want to say overview or. Sure. Well, I mean. Like somebody, somebody so, that's not, somebody that's new to your company. So this is, this is terrible. I actually. <laughs> We have so many things that I literally need to open a browser and um, go to my own website. <laughs> because it's a good problem. I mean, it's a good problem. Because I I I literally forget because uh, I get this question every now and then. I literally forget what all pedals we have. I'm like you know, just off the top of my head. Because like you said, we've had a ton of them. So yeah, you may have you may have one in your head that never hit production. You'd be like, "Yeah, we built the no, we didn't." Right. <clears throat> and why? I mean, while you're doing that, like, there's great videos out on all of these pedals. Like, if you want to learn about something that they're doing, um, there's stuff out there. There's the website, so you can go to the website and see. So, I, I mean, we don't want you to necessarily. No, no. Yeah, I mean, I, everything that's out there, but you know, just an idea maybe of. So, I mean, like, it's kind of like you said, there's, there's a little of everything in there. Uh, there's a lot of dirts. So you can tell that I, I'm a dirt guy. I love, um, I love fuzz overdrive and distortion. So there's, uh, it, it's hard to even really condense that down into, you know, some sort of, some sort of logical separation. Uh, the tumness is a big one for us. It's kind of based on like that Klon style circuit mm -hmm. that everyone seems to be doing right now. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the Paisley Drive, which, of course, is associated with Pat Brad Paisley. Um, mm -hmm. We have some, like, 
a lot of people call it an amp in a box, but I wouldn't necessarily call it that now. Like like the Plexi Drive Deluxe, for example, is it kind of sounds Plexi-ish, but it also can do a lot more than that. Like it, it's um, I don't know. It, it's one of my favorite drives just because the way it compresses in response to your playing, and also when you add the boost with it, then it kind of turns into a tiger thing. So I mean, there's there's things like that. There's there's more transparent things like the Euphoria, um, and then things like the Pantheon, which is all the way from the lowest gain to the highest possible gain. Well, not the highest possible gain. That's a stupid statement ever. But, um, you know, very low gain thing to a very high gain thing. And it and you'll notice on our, our pedals, there's a lot of different controls. So there's, you know, all, there's always a number of EQ controls and and switches and dials that change the change the flavor of, of the distortion or, or the EQ of the distortion or just different parameters like that. Awesome. So, so I mean, plenty, and, plenty to and, dive into if somebody has this. So what I would say, you know, if you had like a kind of specific sound in your mind and you wanted to know if there was a pedal out there, mm-hmm. probably call in, right? And talk to somebody. Yeah, or, I mean, you know, that that's that question is it's one of those questions that's it's a, like nearly impossible to answer. It's like when someone says, I mean, I mean, and just being honest, like when someone says, hey, I want to sound like. Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan I'm just first thing came to mind what pedal should I buy I would say you need to practice can you play with 13 gauge strings <laughs> right you, what you need is the ability to practice like Stevie Ray Vaughan and, and learn his licks and then it doesn't matter what you play uh, no but seriously well, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of truth to that right yeah. yeah I mean there definitely is some truth to more Mel Bay and less eBay for sure um, but that's, that's the quotable moment, right? There. <laughs> but, but there are, um, I mean, there, there's also something to be said for getting a pedal or an amp or guitar or whatever and picking it up. And I'm sure, I'm sure you guys have experienced this. You pick it up and you just play something different that you've never played. And you think, holy crap, that's a song. I need to, I need to, you know, I need to write, record this or do something with it, you know, so I don't forget it. Like, that's what I love is whenever I'm designing something and all of a sudden I come up with a riff of some sort. My my computer's full of like these riffs that I've came up with while designing stuff. And it's just always it, to me, that's just a fun thing is whenever a piece of gear inspires you to play something differently. Right. Yep. You know? Right. And and pedals and guitar. I mean, it, it, guitars are really I think really good at that when you pick up a different guitar with a different pickup maybe than you're used to. Yeah. And pedals are like the kind of the easy way to get there, right? Because you can, not everybody can afford to run out and buy a new guitar once right. a month or whatever. But pedals are a little more accessible in that. Right. In that buying a new Les Paul is a little different than buying a new distortion pedal. Right. You know? <laughs> both are fun, though. I like yeah. both. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I, I guess to really kind of try to answer your question a little better, I mean, when a person's like, what should I buy? I, mean, I start at, what kind of amp are you playing? What kind of guitar are you playing? What, what kind of stuff do you use now? Because that tells me what, what your ear's going to. So if you're like, well, I use a Timmy, and I've got a hot cake, and I have you know, a, a booster. I'm like, okay, so you like drives that don't have a whole lot of mids and you know, are fairly transparent, and you're, you're not a high-gain person. You're not a fuzz person. So I'll say, okay, well... Along that line of, of, of that sort of sound, here's what we have. Be, you know, we have the Euphoria you might like. You might like the Pantheon. You know, you might like 
maybe the Clarksdale, if you take some of the mids out, you know, so, so I, I can kind of gauge it like that, but it's but a, a very blanketed statement of, you know, what would you recommend for people to check out? That's always been a hard one to answer. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. It's like, what kind of pizza do you like? Well, I don't know. Anything without pep, without pineapple. No pineapple. <laughs> even if you put, even if you put it with ham, you can, no, you can do pineapple. I can't do ham and pineapple. I know that. I know that so many people love that, and I've tried to like it, but it just won't let me. It just yeah, I'm with, I'm with you on that. One hundred percent agreement. It's like a vegetarian pizza. I get it. I just can't do it. Right. Yeah. right. Happy that you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah, I'm not criticizing anyone for liking it. I just don't ask me to like it. That's all right. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's right. So kind of watching our time here, because I'm gonna get over to Pat to do some of his stuff, but just before we leave, when we were kind of here talking before you popped in, the one thing that kind of popped out to us that we weren't super familiar with, um is is the line of amps that are on the website? Is there anything yeah. to talk about with that? Or well, you know, we when we come out with that, I want to say I don't remember if it, was, it might have been 2018. I don't recall if it was 17 or 18. It might have been 18. But basically, the whole idea was, I mean, I was I was in a situation where I literally could design like my ideal pedal platform amp. You know, I had Bruce Egnator um, on one hand, good friends of was, was bouncing ideas off of him. Uh, Dave Friedman used his effects loop in it actually and was able to bounce some ideas off of him and uh, you know and I've, I've modified some amps over the years so it, it's not like it's really not that much different than designing a pedal like it's all similar analog electronics so it would kill you fast so, except, except you die a lot quicker if you do the wrong thing on an amp yeah um, so you know I was, I was just in a situation where I'm like you know what we should just put out a pedal platform amp and then like when someone says, what do you like? I'm like, this is what I play with. You know, this is my go somewhere. That's what I play through. So, and it is like, to me, it's, it's the perfect amp for, for my use as, as a pedal platform. And I, and that term, like everyone's like, what is a pedal platform? Does that mean it has like no EQ and no flavor? And that's not it. I just want something that sounds good. No matter if I'm using a $20 pedal or a $2,000 pedal. Mm-hmm. I, mean, so wait, I, I don't, I don't see master volume. No master volume on it. No. So it's, uh, so think of it as <laughs> think of it as a very if you take a, a deluxe reverb and a twin kind of combine them together and then really tweak the every gain section so it's not clipping as much it's not as loud and um, and then take the EQ and give it more versatility then that's kind of what you got there. Hmm. Now is is the combo? I see the heads no reverb. Is the combo reverb or no reverb? No reverb on either. Yeah, because so, it's a pedal platform, and you. Have yeah, it. I mean the whole idea is if you if you've got a pedal board, you've got your own rever- your reverbs, you know, right. or you ought to. <laughs> I would hope you do. <laughs> if not, there's a section on the website you can click and find it. Right. You have right. a really nice reverb that they could. Find I know. I know a person that sells one of those. Yeah. That's right. Did you consider calling them amplifiers at all? <laughs> <laughs> we actually, we actually, um, let me think. So if you look at our old logo, it had like the W and the R um, that were bigger. And <laughs> I think we, we started to do some, something different with the logo to play off of like the amp. 
and it made it it made it look like it said ample instead. <laughs> I'm like, we can't sell an amp that when you're you know ten feet away, it looks like it says ample. Like, is, is that a, is that a good guitar amp? Oh, it's adequate. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, right. It'll work. Maybe. Yeah, it's mediocre. Right. <laughs> So, anyways, I know that was a terrible story, but that, well, at the I, time it was funny. If you were there, hey, if you were terrible, there, you'd be laughing. Terrible puns lead to great stories. That's my. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I live. <laughs> well, since I tried to hijack the show, should I just go ahead and hijack it now? Yes, that, yes, yes. Okay. That was you know, Yeah, I'm sure you were. I'm, I, I'm sure you were sitting there waiting. I can't wait for him to start talking. <laughs> <laughs> So it's really interesting like to do this series and to have some personal friends that are entrepreneurs. And I heard someone describe an entrepreneur as a guy who has no job and plays Xbox a lot. But <laughs> that may have been you, actually. Some, yeah. some of them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, it, entrepreneurs fascinate me because I'm incredibly risk-averse, for one. So you have to have some tolerance for risk. And creativity and drive. I mean, and, and just kind of knowing a little bit about you from watching things, I think those are things that you have. But like, have you always been wired that way? I mean, were you the yeah. kid taking the lamp apart and, you know, I was, the turning yeah. the transistor radio into a walkie-talkie? Like, I was, I was that, definitely that kid. I mean, I was always taking apart things and very seldom getting them back together. <laughs> um, but even just as far as like wanting to do things my own way, ever since I can remember. I mean, I remember, so just as an example, so when I was like eight or nine years old, I was like ridiculously into like NASA spacecraft stuff. So space shuttle and Apollos and Gemini and the Mercury, like all, all the rockets around the NASA stuff. I don't know why, but for some reason I was really into that. So rather than like doing any schoolwork, I would just read books about rockets all day. Mm. <laughs> My teacher's you know, there was a lot of notes home and a lot of my parents getting <laughs> upset and they put me in these programs where they're like, you obviously have some sort of learning deficiency. And I'm like, no, I think schools just sucks. It's stupid. It's dumb. <laughs> and even like through high school, it, that, that whole tradition carried on. There were some classes I did really good in because I liked them. And then other classes like biology, I just flat out refused. I read guitar magazines through the whole class. Well, and, I'm, uh, I'm a biology yeah. teacher that reads guitar magazines. Yeah, biology's wonderful. That's I'm going to edit say. that out. <laughs> no, no. If Jason was your biology teacher in high school, you may have liked biology more. Because you that's, were talking about guitar. That's that one of my students finds this video someday. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, fantastic. I've just never – there was just classes I just never found a use for. And, um, and so I just – stubbornly refused to do it and the same thing with jobs like instead of going out and getting your, my first job somewhere i just started approaching businesses and saying can i pull your weeds you know can i sweep your parking lot like that was my first job experience at like 14 mm -hmm. or 15 so i've just always been wired that way so where did where did guitar find its way into that um I started playing. My brother was biology a drummer. Class. <laughs> biology class. <laughs> There's nothing to do in that class, so I read guitar magazines. And that's Everything goes back to biology. Class. Right. At least, at least in Jason's world. <laughs> yeah. So now, I mean, I was, you know, I was seven or eight years old and started playing guitar. Okay. And uh, both of my brothers, my brother, one brother's a drummer. My other brother was just like big time into Van Halen and a lot of classic rock bands. And mm -hmm. so he would, he would just play that sort of stuff all the time. And so I was just around it, and I loved the sound of 
like that style of guitar, especially Van Halen stuff. And um, I, that's just what I did. That skateboarding and road bikes. And that's just one of those things that carried on. When I was in high school, I was in bands. And then I got out of high school, was still in bands. And it's just always stuck with me after all these years. So there's, yeah, there's not like, I wish there was some really heavy factor of what created me the way I am, but I really don't know what it is other than maybe some neuroticism. I don't know. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting because, you know, and I'm trying to do a little bit of research because no one's ever going to confuse us with professionals, but there is research, but, <laughs> you know, so hearing about you playing in Nashville and playing, you know, on Broadway, mm-hmm. uh, maybe like 18 years ago or so. So how did your eight year old self, you know, hanging with your brothers and playing wind up, in Nashville and what kind of things were you doing? And that was late twenties or so. So before that I was early twenties and I was primarily playing in bands that like college campus bands. We played pop and we played some nineties rock and it was nineties. So at that time it was just pop, you know, stuff on the radio. Hence the Nirvana Um, chorus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, all that stuff. Um, and then let's see that band, everybody kind of went their own way. And the next band, like immediately, um, someone asked me to be part of their country band and I'd never played country before. So I had to learn a lot of country really quick. And at the time I thought, Oh, like all countries, the same three chords, like this will take me like 10 minutes. And then I started digging down into Brent Mason licks yeah, and Dan Huff licks. Yeah. And I was like, and Chris losing her licks. And I'm like, holy crap. Like who is this guy playing this stuff? He's, he's not even human. Right. And so, so that got me into like learning a lot of that stuff, which, um, so that band, part of it broke up, half of it went to Nashville and started trying to make it in Nashville. And so I kind of tagged along for that. And that's how I got to get on, you know, be on the the Broadway circuit, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. <laughs> right, right. We have cool the thing. antler circuit out here. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> we have the antler circuit out here. That's the all elks, the elks, elks and the moose. And the- <laughs> that sounds like my town. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The animal, the animal circuit is all there is here. <laughs> yep. So you know, kind of going, taking a step back. I'm always interested in entrepreneurs too. Like, who influenced you? Like. It could be a parent, could be another hmm. person, maybe not even a pedal builder. Like I always like to ask, like who influenced you, and what was like the best piece of advice they gave you? Man, there's there's so many different people from a business perspective, um, people that influenced me. Ah, uh, golly, I might have to think about that one <laughs> because it's. I mean, as you know, when you're younger, like there's always something that happens and you learn something and like you go to the next stage and you learn something and you go to the next, like it's always kind of like springboards for something else. Mm-hmm. I tend to look at life that way. Like I think like every, even the pedal business is possibly a springboard for whatever I do next in 20 years or whatever. Who knows? Who knows how right. things work out? Right. You know, once the robots kill us. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I, I honestly don't think I could really pin that down to one person. There's just too many people that's been a part of right. um, of my life in some way that it's just, I mean. Is there is there a piece you know, of advice that or a phrase that routinely like pops in your head that you're like, ah, oh, that's right. Uh, you know. That's a hard, I think, hard question, yeah. I know. I think there's not really like a good catchphrase, but I think there's a good, I think there's, 
the things that I've found that separate a lot of people who go on to be successful and those who aren't that successful. And it's really not anything pretty or, or fluffy, but it's, it's kind of like what you said, it's that risk averse thing. Mm -hmm. If, if a person is willing to get beat up over and over and over every day and somehow like that, then that's handy because a lot of owning a business is just like, it literally is. All right. So what thousand problems do I have to deal with today? Right. Like it's just, it's just problem after problem after problem after problem. It's you have to get a figure out solution to the problem. Um, and as much as I would, I would like for it to be, it's very rarely, you could just sit, sit, hang out and just play guitar pedals all day. It, that's rarely it. <laughs> right. um, there's, so, so there's that and there's really just not ever giving up until, mm -hmm. but there is a point where you're like, okay, I've been trying to do this for 30 years now and it's gotten me nowhere. I might need to cut my losses. Right. So I think there is that point. But I think a lot of people give up way too soon. I think, and especially now, in a, in a day and age where attention spans are about ten seconds long, right. I think it's so hard for, um, you know, a lot of younger people to think that. Well, and my and I say this because my son is going through the same thing, and it's so hard for him to look five years down the road and say, "Okay, I need to make these decisions right now because it impacts me in five years in this certain way." Right. It just seems like forever to him. Mm -hmm. And I, like, I'm just not wired that way. I'm always thinking 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road. So and with I, the, pre go ahead, Jason. I was just saying it, it, with being a teacher in mm -hmm. biology, but um, <laughs> it, 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 I see that so much, like trying to instill that in the kids, that idea of like um, somebody put up a graphic at a conference recently. It said, fail first attempt in learning, you know, like right. we're so afraid to fail. Like mm -hmm. Can you check this before I before you check it? So I'm sure, it's right because it has to be right at the first time. Um, we're just so afraid. We've set up a society. Sometimes I feel like that we're we're afraid to fail. Right. If you're if you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to make mistakes and and just keep wait, that that just made so much sense to me. You know. Yeah. I mean, I think. I think as far as like education, I know we're getting off the guitar topic a little bit, but. It seems like, from my layman's perspective, <laughs> it seems like in the organized education system, the the term failure is a bad thing when you start when you're starting out. You know, when you're five years old, six years old in school, you don't want an F because that's bad. That means you can't go on in the next grade. But whenever you're 25 years old and you're starting a business, failure is good because it tells you that that doesn't work. So don't do that anymore. Try mm -hmm. try it a little differently. And it's, it's never really spun that way as a young kid. And so like, I wish there was a different word for having an F, you know? Right. Well, I mean, no. learn it. So now, <laughs> what, do you, what do you have to do to understand it? Like, you know, right. and do you have that ability, that tenacity that they'll throw out words like grit or whatever to, to do that. Right. And so, yeah. Well, I think a lot of those words from what I've learned about you, those kind of described, uh, apply to you and, so with running a company, a creative mind that never shuts off. Right. Um, what do you do to get away from it? I mean, is there any other hobby you have? Anything you do? You know, it's it's it would be dull to anyone else. And it, I mean, I sounds like saying it out loud always sounds stupid, but literally, 
my, my hobby is I, I do the exact opposite. I mean, you, you nailed it. Like when I'm laying in bed, my mind's just going a million miles an hour. Um, and the hardest thing for me to do is shut it off and go to sleep every night. Right. Right. And so what I try to do, I try to, I usually work about 14 hours a day or so, 14. Yeah, about that. And then um, when I come in, I usually just, I completely, I don't want to talk about guitar pedals. I don't want to see guitar. I don't want to watch a video about guitar. I, I, I want to play X. Well, right now it's cold here. So I play Xbox for about two hours, you know, drink a beer, maybe two, eat some food. And hopefully the combination of one or two beers and some food makes me pass out. <laughs> and that's, that's my life. Right. <laughs> now, but I mean, with now with a grain of salt, you know, I mean, I, I have a, a young daughter who's 13. She's with me every other weekend. So when she's here, like all that, all that's thrown out the window. Right. So I don't, I just, I don't even work when she's around. That's the to right. her, but, um, you know, that, and, you know, we have, we live on a big piece of prop, a decent piece of property, big for LA, small if you're from Idaho, you know, it's like a <laughs> right. 10 acre, 10 acre piece of land. And you can't, goats you and, can't, you can't touch the neighbor's house. That's big in LA. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we have like goats and we got a bunch of, bunch of ground that basically just end up doing yard work. That's, that's my hobby is, is yeah. taking care of the yard. I realize that makes me sound like a very boomerish boomerish type of person okay boomer yeah that sounds horrible saying out loud i like to take care i like to mow the grass once a week and maybe trim the bushes little tractor times good yeah. daddy yeah that's <laughs> oh. the country it goes right with the country music like she had the line there you go it's all part of it <laughs> no that's great i mean because it's always a question of like how do you escape how do you get away how do you get perspective how do you just like just step away from it for a minute because you know other people we've talked to is like you just got to keep the passion right because the passion goes away creativity mm. dries up it seems like a job it seems like work which it is but it, it's a whole element that i think makes people great at what they do is when they love it and so right. sometimes you just got to find even if it's something mundane right like it, video games or a couple beers or mowing the grass you got to find something to just step away for a minute and yeah get a perspective so that's good thank you for sharing all that i appreciate yeah, that. yeah absolutely yeah. Anyway, I mean, you've been really generous with your time, and we could go on and on and on. At least I know I could, but it's kind of probably need to put a bow on this at some point. Right, and I think we're about that time. So, is there any last minute question, Pat, or are we good? No, I think we're good. I mean, I could be like, hey, buddy, the elf with your favorite color, but, you know, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for, for people that are watching this, I would just, you know, really encourage you to go to the website on the screen. Uh, and check out, wow, lots of pedals, lots of different things to get those creative, get some inspiration from. Uh, if you haven't checked out, I just keep holding it up because we're, we are blown away. We love it. We think it's great. Thank you. Glad uh, you guys like it. Yeah. So if you haven't checked out the Terraform, definitely do that. It's brilliant. It has so much functionality built into it. So many different, like if you don't know whether you want the Leslie sound or you want a phaser, or you want a tremolo, this is your pedal. In fact, I do have one last question. Sure. Um, we'll make it quick. We were do doing a live stream, and somebody asked us, what's the difference between a tremolo and a harmonic tremolo? 
And we kind of gave him an answer, but if you have the 30 second, like, yeah. <laughs> here's you know the what? difference, that would be the, great. The easiest, and this is not an exact thing, but the easiest way that I would describe it to someone is a tremolo is a lot like taking the volume on your guitar up and down, right? It's volume or, or, you know, just volume up and down. Um, harmonic tremolo is now take a phase and make it phase at the same rate that you're going, making that volume go up and down. And it's, Kind of, sort of ish, like that. More like a Univibe type of thing, but Univibe's a type of phaser too. So, yeah, it is pretty Whatever. close to Univibe, right? Yes, I mean similarish. Yeah, similar-ish. I mean, I mean, as far as what it's doing electronically, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't call it exactly like a Univibe, but but it's kind of doing that. It's kind of it's kind of phasing in and out at the same rate that the volume's going in and out. Gotcha. So, just a fun chewy effect. <laughs> All right, so for the person that asked that, there's the expert answer. <laughs> well, at least mine. I mean, you guys can right. have an expert on next week. But. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and thanks so much for listening to the Chasing Tone podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email podcast at wampapiddles.com, and I'll personally get your email. And really, I kind of live for that in a way that I don't know what kind of content to put out unless I hear from people that say, hey, I loved it whenever you did this, or I hated it whenever you did that. So really, let me know, because that tells me what to do for you. If you like this podcast, make sure to share it with your friends, your bandmates, and others into guitar podcasts. The simplest way to show your support for the show is really just to do that. Just simply get the word out. Tell those that might like the podcast that haven't heard of the podcast before about it. Send them a link. That's really it. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.